Welcome to the Thriving Wellness Podcast, where we encourage and empower everyone to live their lives up to their true potential and share valuable conversations that are translated into action steps for the lifestyle that makes you thrive. Here are your hosts, Ryan and AJ. Welcome back to Thriving Wellness Podcast. And today we have an amazing human, an introspective and very self centered human, grounded, not self-centered human, Juan Langford. He's a founder and CEO, CEO of Men's Mentor. It's a, a men's health and wellness influencing influencers group, and he's influencing men around the world. And I don't want to put him in the box, and he is, he's a lot. His personality is a lot to unfold, so I want to uh, let him do the talking. So, Juan, welcome, and let's kick it off. Yeah, hey, th- thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate to be here, and I'm always, you know, even connecting with you virtually and then meeting in person and connecting was really powerful because I, I feel like, you know, relationships are everything. Um, but like you said, yeah, I'm a men's health and wellness educator and influencer. I travel globally, really speaking to the issues that men are challenged with from identity, intimacy, and integrity is where I primarily focus. And I feel like I, I focus on that area because those have been my greatest challenges as a man. Um, what, I would, what I would love to, to communicate here and just make plain right in the beginning here that I have, I'm on a mission. And that mission is to end the silent suffering of men. And I was one of those men for a number of years. And now that I'm living, not on the other side, but living above that, I am just experiencing a different level of freedom, not financial freedom, although that's there, not time freedom. It's like soul freedom. I feel like my soul has been set free. And there are so many men who are not experiencing that. And I feel like that's an issue. And so I really want to and am committed to and am working towards gathering and mobilizing men globally to be able to have this conversation. So I'm happy to be here with another man who's empowered, who's doing the work, who's in the trenches, who's hungry, who's just a ray of light. And it's just a pleasure to know, to know that you exist, brother. So thank you for having me. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And so what would you say is the main reason uh, since let's try and unfold this whole thing? What's the main reason why men are not feeling empowered, not feeling free to share, not feeling free to be vulnerable. Yeah, why are men not feeling free to, to, to be expressed fully? You know, there's a, there's a different elements. I think there's different ways that we can attack this. I think on a, a, a ground level, I think that there's a lack of community. Men don't have community. And there's a, there's a, a, a very deeper issue there. Um, one that we probably can't go into the greater details here, but on, on a, on a, basic level, what I I can say is how I see it is that men and women alike come into the world, they're born and they come into this thing called the family structure and they introduced to this thing called society and they're put into this institution called school. And we keep going from one construct to the next. And as we evolve, we're reminded of who we are not or who we are not yet. And nobody is supporting us in growing and evolving and inviting us back into ourselves. And so we spend the majority of our lives looking outside of ourselves for the answers, looking for love, looking for liberty. And the truth of the matter is, is that we, we have everything we need. And I think for men, because society, because the systems, the music, the media is constantly 
bombarding men with information of com uh, conversations around comparison and competition that we never really spend enough time with ourselves. And when you don't know who you are, we're not comfortable connecting with people. If you don't know who you are, what you want, where you're going, you don't want to engage in a conversation because where do I go? I'm not interesting, so people won't be interested. And so it really starts to breed a lot of self-doubt uh, and, and negative self-talk, and we start to shrink emotionally, shrink spiritually, and then physically, literally, you can see in people's body, the energy bands, how they shrink physically, and a lot of men, if you really pay attention. And so I think community is one, but at a 50,000 standpoint, I would say it's just society. I think society is to blame, not one or the other. I think it's a we problem. I think that we have created these environments and where men don't feel safe to be fully expressed and to be the fullest expression of themselves, whether it's from a divine or a human standpoint, we're not all of ourselves. And for, for many reasons, um, I was one of those men. I spent the majority of my life being deeply hurt by men in society and imagery and the music and the words and the verbiage around me. And it's, it's like, you know, it's, it, you're constantly being stoned verbally, emotionally, spiritually as a man. And it's, it feels like a punish, punishment. And I think there's a very fine line too between pointing out what's wrong with men and punishing them. And with all these movements, you know, there's no need to, to name any, but there's so many movements, you know, in, in the world right now that are, are really drawing attention to these issues versus maybe offering solutions. And I, and I feel like one of the things that myself as the founder of The Mentor really focused on creating platforms and being the space where opportunities are provided to both men and women to partake in conversations that elicit healing for men. You know, at the end of the day, we need to heal as a people. And it's not men that are wrong. It's not women that are wrong. No one's wrong or bad. It's just that we're not doing all that we can do to shift the dynamics of the conversation. And that's something I'm very much committed to changing. Oh, man. That's an amazing perspective uh, to, to, to talk from. It's, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. So um, I'm just thinking, how did you tap into it? How did you, how did you, how were you fortunate enough to tap into those feelings, to tap into those insecurities? And how did that become your, passion, your mission. Yeah. How, how did I tap into it? I feel like I'm still tapping. I feel like every day I wake up, I'm just tapping a little bit more <laughs> that I haven't discovered anything or unlocked any code or found any secret sauce. I think the difference for me, AJ, is that I'm just willing to go first. I'm just willing to share my story. I'm just willing to be the fullest expression of myself. I'm willing to take major risk and to um, ask questions to, to communicate with curiosity, to, to go the distance, to just live amongst the willing is probably the best way to say. It. I think there are some who have a strong will, but most people have a strong won't. They won't do what's required to get them to the next level. They won't do what's required to get a seat at the table. They won't do fill in the blank. And, and that makes all the difference. And I, and I feel like I have, I have just lived and lead, led my, my life a little bit differently than those around me. And it's been, and sometimes uh, a lonely road. I don't like that word quite much, but that's, that's the emotion that the language that we're given to use that I'm lonely and that I feel like I'm, I'm alone. But what I've learned as I've developed myself and I've done tons of work and I've taken on coaches and been to men's workshops and retreats. And what I've learned is that it's not lonely. It's that there's limited seating when you're a leader. And 
when you, when I, when I get to that point of acceptance of, okay, I am on the hero's journey right now, that I'm being used as an instrument by the universe, that this is not about me. This is bigger than me. This is so much bigger than me. Then perspective changes, right? Perspective changes. And it has significantly evolved. I'd say probably the last three and a half years. It's, it's just changed the way that I see myself, the way that I see the world. Um, and I've just been, been willing to take just major risks, brother. Gotcha. Now that's, that brings, brings up one, one of the thoughts that I, and this quote that I often ponder that says, if you're, if it's not bigger than yourself, it's not big enough. And that's definitely bigger than yourself, what you're doing at uh, the road that you're paving uh, for the future. And so for people who, who simply don't know where to start. And for them, it seems like you have it all figured out, which none of us do. How do they start? How do they take the first step? Uh, where do they, where do they go? Yeah. I was asked this question actually recently at an event of my brother who runs a company called Beyond the Bears. His name is Mike Campbell. He's based out in the Gold Coast, Australia. And we did a partnership with Lululemon and we were talking in this audience. There was maybe like 50 guys. And, you know, it's interesting when you go into different communities, how the culture is different, right? In America, people are more likely to say what they feel. But in other countries where, I, in my experience, at least in Europe and also in, in Australia, people are very cool, calm and collected and they want to say the right thing, more proper, more grounded, uh, per se. Um, and so being there, someone had asked, we, what we did is we took a bucket and we asked people to write questions on paper. And nobody wanted to raise their hands, but there was a bucket full of questions. And one of the questions was un, uneasy to read. And so I said, I'm so sorry, I don't know what they meant by this. He said, well, that was my question, actually. And my question is, for somebody who doesn't know, <laughs> he, like, his, he like transformed me, super quiet, arms crossed, and he was like, he really wanted to know, how do you begin? And the truth is, I did, there's no right answer. That's, that's, it's different for everybody. We all come from different walks. We have different parental experiences. We have different you know, cultural experiences, race, creeds, religion, sexuality, we have different. But what I would say is, for me, and speaking, where do men begin? This is what I would say. I would say there are two relationships that every man must build outside of the one with himself. And they're really all one and the same, to be, to be honest. But the first relationship is with the inner child, is really going back and being able to sit with what this man has been through. And the inner child requires our attention. But to really tap into what do I need to attend to? What have I been through that is unresolved? We think as men because we acknowledge things, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm depressed, or that we've solved it, or that, we've, that, we've, that we're on the other side of it. No, it's work. It takes work to get through things. And, and the goal, honestly, is to not get over them, but to learn how to live above them. You're gonna manage those things. So the inner child is one of the greatest, most challenging journeys that a man will ever go on. And it's not a, oh, I did it and I'm done. It's a, I've begun, and this is an everlasting, lifelong journey. And I learned to embrace it and I trust my process. And when a man can really develop that relationship with his inner child, he becomes what's called a present man. He's in the moment, he's here now, and he shows up differently in every room in any relationship. So that's the first, I would say. The second relationship outside of self that a man gets to develop is one with a higher power. Now, some people may say, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in Buddha. 
or whatever you, whatever your sanctuary is, whether it's the ocean, whether it's hiking in the woods, whether it's quality time with your children, whatever that is, find that and understand that whatever your sanctuary is, whatever that higher power is for you, that it is going to require of you daily to set an intention, inner child, attention, higher power, intention. And when you have clear intentions, then the universe can conspire with you and open doors where there were once walls. Phone calls get returned. You just happen to be in line at Starbucks and you meet the person who's going to take your business to the next level, who's going to mentor you, who's going to train you, teach you how to break through whatever your personal or personal challenges are. And those are two relationships that I take incredibly seriously. I do not, I do not, and I repeat, I do not take those relationships lightly. I take them they come first, they come first in my life. And they have really given me the strength to stand upon, to be able to vocalize who I am, where I'm going and what I want. And having that solid identity from day to day, because it evolves, has given me this sense of intimacy with myself, where I can extend that to others. And that intimacy that I extend to others creates these deep bonds, these relationships with people globally and then pe these people hold me high and open doors and open their hearts and hands to support me in staying in integrity in my life, both personally and professionally. And then all of a sudden, I'm not leaving my legacy, I'm living it. And that is what I'm committed to teaching. And not from a place of, I have all the answers. You know, I don't have a PhD. The only PhD that I have, AJ, is a passion, heart, and determination. I think I, I, think I should have those three. Oh I like that. <laughs> I should add those at the end of my, end of my name just, just for fun. But I, I do know that I've had very powerful experiences in my life. And I just, I'm very much committed to going the distance and doing whatever it takes to bring men back into communion with their hearts. Mm -hmm. So you're essentially translating your life experiences, your, the work that you've done, and translating that into a toolkit for others to use. And the, the ideas that you spread around the world are essentially tools that other people can use and start somewhere, right? So, but again, um, now someone is listening who is, who has nine to five, they have families at home, they're treading water, to put it, to put it lightly, and uh, they can go under at any point. So how do they... How do they schedule in the time? Uh, what kind of work do they have to put in? Where do they, again, where do they start? That's, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. well, here's, here's, here's what I would say. At the end of the day, it's all about our mind. If it's up to, if it's gonna be, it's up to us. If it's gonna be, it's up to me. And I didn't realize that for so long. And so sometimes you're so close to the solution that there's no viewpoint or vantage point for, for the solution. You're so close to the problem, mate. There's, there's, you can't see the solution. If, you, if I took you know, a mirror and I pressed your face up against it and I wrote all the answers on the mirror because you're so close to the problem. If I, they're right there. Because you're so close to the problem, you can't see it. And so you've got to. Men say, I don't have the time. You can't afford not to have the time, brother. I don't have the space. You can't afford because where you're going right now is to the hole, depression, Suicide, right? Going on these crazy sex debates, cheating on your wives, being out of integrity, losing your job, right? Crushing your family, disappointing your children. You can't afford not to. So when, when people say time is the issue, no, time is the solution. 
Time is the answer. All you have is time. So I, I, I don't allow men to fight for the limitations. I invite them to fight for the life that they want. Mm-hmm. And if men are in that fight and they're com- more committed to the, the issue than the, the, the solution, then those are not the men that I'm here to serve. I'm not here to change men's minds. I'm here to support those who are ready to take their lives on. And here's the thing. Everybody has their journey, AJ. And for a long time, I really wanted so bad to be Superman and get everybody and capture all the guys. And what I've come to realize is that's not my job. My job is to live and exemplify what I'm teaching. You know, I'm coaching and consulting a lot of male business owners. Some of these guys are high profile. Some of them are professional athletes, public figures. And I'm having to go places in conversation that are deeply uncomfortable for me. But here's the thing. So few people have... Others in their life who are willing to go the distance and say what needs to be said. And so where do men begin? Find one person, someone to look up to, into, for wisdom, for knowledge, and go everywhere with them. You know, at the beginning of each year, some of that I don't usually share, but I'm, I'm going to share here. This is kind of like my little, my own personal stuff that I do for myself. At the beginning of each year, I, I choose a starting five. I played basketball, so I, I love ba- athletic analogies. I, start, I choose a starting five. And these are five people who I reach out to and I say, listen, hey, Jesse, listen, brother, I love you more than anything in the world. I love how you show up. I love how you, you lead. I love how you, you go for it. You take risks, how you're audacious. And I just want to acknowledge you for how you show up so powerfully in the world. And as I'm sitting here, I'm reflecting on what I want my year to look like. I'm thinking, who are some people who can hold me to this? Who are some people who can support me and really push me into this and call me forward. And I've identified you as one of those people. Listen, each year I choose five people, men and women. And I ask them, will you be my starting five? It's like my life advisory board. People who can come in and who are willing to go anywhere with me to, for me to reach out to you, come hella high water and ask for support, ask for counsel, advisement on personal, professional, emotional, spiritual, sexual, anything that I need. Will you be one of my anythings? And not once has anybody said, uh, you know what, that sounds cool, Javon, but uh, good luck, buddy. That's never happened to me. I've only gotten yeses. And it's because of the energy I put behind it because I'm fighting for my life and people see that and they want to support us. People want to support us. Generally speaking, AJ, people have huge hearts and they want to be there for you. So I think men and women alike need to choose, find their people. You know, One of my favorite people in the world, Andrea Quinn, she says... I asked her, I said, why do you think men struggle so much? She said, because they spend too much time with not their people. You're going to find your people in this, in this world. And sometimes our people are not our families or our partners. Sometimes our people are the guy standing in line at the local gas station. Sometimes our people is the, is the, is the owner of the gym down the street. Sometimes our people are the guy sitting on the bus that you just, you just drove past. You just never know, but you've got to approach every person and be willing to learn from every and any human experience and if you stay open you can have anything good things come good things come words of wisdom man and yeah i kind of i kind of need to need to take a take a break you know to uh let it settle a little bit and um before asking you the next question you know the I was I was thinking you were just talking about people making decisions from where they are rather than from where they want to be. 
and bridging that gap. Gap when you've never when you've never done that before, it is it is pretty pretty complicated. And um, but why men? Why men? Why are you saying that? Um, why did you start working with men rather than women? What's what was the attraction? And uh, yes, both men and women are struggling. Why do you think you can impact men more than you can impact women? And how does that translate into women uh, being better off after you impact the men? So it's kind of a big question to unpack, but let's try it. Yeah, I love that. So why men? Why men? The first thing that comes to mind is why not? <laughs> My philosophy that I've, I feel like I have just kind of crafted and molded over the years, last four or five years of doing work with men, like deep work, is that the world's greatest challenges, I'm talking sex trafficking, homelessness, hunger, gun violence, the big, the big industries, I think, I believe that they are a direct result of dysfunctional men. And I think men are dysfunctional because they're at war within their minds and hearts and they don't have community. Other men, and we can witness them and hold space for them to break through and refrain those stories through vulnerable and courageous conversations. And so we suffer in silence because we live in a society that makes it unsafe for men to suffer openly. I have spent most of my life deeply, being deeply, I mean deeply, I wish it was a deeper word than deep, <laughs> hurt by men. I experienced the loss of my father at three years old to leukemia and cancer. I was bullied, and profu bullied profusely through middle and high school. I experienced sexual and physical abuse as a kid. And the, these are things that would damage and make, make men angry, make men aggressive, make men also abusers. Right. And I, I feel a big part of my journey has been like these temporary angels kind of swooping in and just like guiding me and supporting me. You know, I think of mentors like uh, of mine, Michael Legace, call him Pops. I think of uh, Rodney Herman. I think of um, Robert Thomas. I think of uh, Jason Perry. I think of um, uh, Kareem. Uh, basketball coach, these guys who were there to mold and shift and, and push me in the direction of who I was in the process of becoming. And I just feel so blessed and fortunate for that to be the case. Now, most men don't have that. Let's just be honest. Most men don't have that. So then what do those men do? And the answer is suffer. They suffer. And the suffering just increases, it evolves, it expands, it stretches, it grows legs. And it begins to control the minds of men and they grow this critic, this voice that determines the depth, distance and direction of their lives, which is minimal. Men are not living fully. Men are not expressed. Men are not in alignment. They're not on purpose. And a man on purpose is perhaps the most dangerous species known to man. <laughs> Problem. And why men? Because we can't have that. I feel unsafe, and many people agree, bringing new life into this world when there's so many people hurting. You know, it's almost like, how dare you have children when there are so many children suffering? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not moving fast enough in moments. I'm not reaching enough men. I'm not mobilizing the men that I know I'm meant to, and that's shifting. And a big part of what's happening right now with The Mentor is we are making a huge um, 
change within the organizational chart of, of our business. Originally, we had set out to work with young men in schools, male teens in transition. And we did some great impact here at LAUSD in Los Angeles, uh, Unified School District, and partnered with some of the, some of the, uh, the schools within the, within the uh, community. And it was very impactful. But what we realized is that we were going into these schools and we had these transformational experiences and then we would leave like every other man in these, in these young men's life. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. We need our own campus. We need, we need to have what's called, what we're calling a conscious campus where we can create a virtuous cycle of mentorship. We have this huge 2020 vision of establishing these campuses globally, just planting the mentor flag. And, and that's what drives me, AJ. That's what keeps me and my hope alive is knowing that we are doing something to shift the conversation. We're not just talking about it. We're gathering men, we're bringing in government officials, we're bringing in researchers and educators and influencers and, and, and elders into the conversation. And, you know, as we discussed before the call, you know, we're in the, I'm in the process of packing my house. You can see in the background here, I'm kinda, I kinda got an empty house because in, in about seven days, I'm actually relocating to Australia for this vision. Why, why men, why Australia? Because suicide rates are astronomical over there. And if I'm going to be an influencer in this space, I need to go where men are hurting the most. And so I feel like that's a great starting place. And I think that in this process of holding space for men, I've healed a lot of the homeless places inside of myself. And for that, I'm feeling incredibly grateful. And it's like going to see a great movie or getting a great haircut or just having a great you know, experience at a restaurant. You want to go and tell everybody about it. And the freedom that I'm experiencing, I want that for every man, boy, and child globally. I'm super connected to that. There, there's nothing, nothing that will stop me from doing so. And enrolling everybody and taking what's on my mind and placing it on the heart of everybody I come into contact to. I'm on fire for this mission. Why not men? Why is it? Why, why not? And if men are leading homes, leading communities, leading businesses, leading the world, heads of state, then we got to get to those people because how they show up and affects and influences the entire organization, entire community, the entire ecosystem. And if these men are disempowered and these men are suffering in silence and these men are battling shame and guilt and having to then come in and hold space for others, they bring that with them. That's not okay. Okay. No, that's, yeah, that's valuable. That's good. That's good, man. And I want to kind of pedal back a little bit and um, talk about, you mentioned something and what, what I truly believe in, that we have everything within us that we need. And why do we need others to help us tap into what we have? What is the, value of a of a mentor of a coach of an influencer how do you see it i see it in two ways i see the words that come to mind the first one is belief and so often because of how again society is constructed it's easy to forget and i think we're on this journey at least myself i'm on a journey of remembrance of who i am 
and how powerful I am and how incredibly talented that I am and gifted and that I can do anything I put my mind to. I can manifest, I can draw and extract the essence from anything I put my mind to. And then I go out to the world and I'm told, not yet, Javon. Um, you need to pre-qualify for this. You need to, uh, you're not enough yet. Or I go to a casting or an audition or an interview and I'm told, not yet. And it begins to make me believe that I'm not there yet or that I have to pre-qualify in order to have a beautiful wife, that I have to pre-qualify to have a great car, that I have to pre-qualify to have a house. All these qualifications, it makes me think maybe I'm not so great. Maybe I have work to do. Maybe I need to go to one more workshop. Maybe I need to be single a little bit longer. Let me go have more sex a little bit and get it out of my system. Let me go. And then we come again. Get another degree. Let me get another degree. Let me, exactly. And the list goes on. It's vicious. And so I really feel like a big part of the work that, that, that I'm up to in the world is, is really kind of shutting down those conversations for people in their mind. And so I think belief is a big part of it. And with that being said, we just need people because sometimes we need people to believe in us until our belief in us kicks in. Right. And people have a very powerful way of being able to say things that land for us. Again, going back to finding your people. When you find your people, one conversation can spark up some energy in you that can last months or years. You know, I've had a lot of those single conversations that have multiplied, you know, the seed of a single conversation can multiply and grow a whole forest. And that's honestly what's happened to me. I remember so many conversations, but one in particular where I was sitting uh, in a living room at a mentor's house, the father figure of mine, Bill, call him Big Papa. And we were sitting down and he said to me, you are more than enough. That everything you are is all the world will ever need. And it was just such a, he just caught me in a moment where I was willing to listen and it just landed so gently on my soul. And now I remind myself of that. I'm reminded in those moments when I don't think I'm enough or when I have, when, when this negative self-talk creeps in, I, I shift the conversation and I tell myself, I am all the world will ever need. Everything that I am right now, I've got it. I, I am the deal. I am the deal. I am the deal. And sometimes my voice isn't loud enough and I need to hear that from someone else. And that's why community is so important because we have mirrors who are willing to reflect back to us what we so easily forget. Gotcha. Yeah. And being in the position of leadership, as you said, it can be, it can be a little bit lonely and certain things that are perceived, especially, uh, you know, with social media, it's easy to compare. It's easy to think that you're not enough because someone is more than you are in certain measurement, whatever it might be. And in the, being in the position to be an influencer, and that I really do not like that word because it's been uh, so overused by people who do influence others, but they're not doing it from their heart. They're not doing it right. So what would you, what kind of advice would you give people who are following certain, certain uh, public figures and for maybe public figures 
that need to realize how much impact they have and how to do it right? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I, I, have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I, I think the thought that comes to mind so strongly is that I, a part of it's branding, right? A part of it is like, you gotta put it where they understand it. So if I said, I am a healing artist. They're like, well, what does he do? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm in leadership. I, I want to say I'm in men's work because I'm working with men, but I feel like I'm a healing artist. Every painting is different. Every man that I work with, the journey is different. It has the same elements to it, but it's different because if I work with a guy from Europe who grew up with a single mom and had uh, three brothers, his experience is different than a guy in Southeast Asia who grew up with a single kid it's different from a Canadian man who has 10 brothers and sisters and has both parents and live in a big mansion is different than Tom down the street who everyone's experience is different. So the goal is healing, but it's an art form to be able to take someone on a journey and to be a loving interruption to the beliefs, the behaviors, the patterns that are holding them back in their life. And you got to be present. You got to listen generously to what's really going on. Cause there's a lot that's being said, but more importantly, there's a lot that's being left unsaid. And when you listen and you lean in and they feel as though they have something to human and lean on, which most men don't, then they're willing to go places in conversation that they normally wouldn't. And that's when the good stuff finds its way to the surface, AJ. And so I use the word influencer because people desire to be influenced by fill in the blank, positive role models, by comedy and, and lightheartedness, by fun, by, by travel, by food, by makeup, by, by different things. And so you got to put it where people can get it. But I would like to think that my life is a reflection of influence, that my life is a reflection of leadership, a new form of leadership, which is just leading by example. And I, I really feel like if I could use the woo-woo language, I, I, I feel like I do one thing. I teach men how to live, love, and lead from the heart. That's what I want to do. Because when it comes from this place, everything's different. The words are different. It lands different. It's received different. And so many men live everywhere but here. And I wish that there were more men who had the ability and capacity to take the journey from their mind to their heart. There's just so many men that their minds get the day shift and their hearts get the night, sh night shift where they wait till night to fail. They wait till late in the night when they're all alone and they think dark thoughts and they feel deep pain and shame and guilt and they cry themselves to sleep or smoke themselves to sleep or drink themselves to sleep, or sex themselves to sleep, and everything but sleep in peace. And I just really want to shift that conversation in a way that men are just viewed differently, we're navigated differently, because right now, in my experience, men don't know where to stand. First, we didn't know who we are, then we didn't know where we were going, we didn't know what we want, now we don't even know where to stand. It's a scary place to be. It's just a scary time in life to be a man. And that's something that I really am committed to shifting. 
um, through content, through building communities globally, and through just leading provocative conversations like this, whether it's on a podcast stage, um, and really letting the world know that men are just in a moral crisis, that we're incubating our insecurities and, and our wounds, and we just don't know where to stand. And that's scary when you consider that men don't know who they are, where they're going, or what they want. When you don't know where to stand, we're really in trouble. So we're just really, I think, at the end of the day, in search of our identities of purpose and direction. And I think men are just really not wanting to achieve money anymore. They're really wanting to achieve peace, just peace. I just want peace in my mind, in my heart. I, I don't need to be a billionaire. I just want peace. And perhaps I feel a part of my gifting is to teach men how to make peace with their pieces. Wow. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that too. <laughs> Picking it all up and gluing together in an imperfect, perfect shape, but as a as a one thing rather than pieces all over the place. I like that. I really like that, man. So, uh, thriving wellness. I mean, yeah, we're all about wellness, and uh, that's something you're talking about. Is more it's mental health, mental wellness, and that's one of the most. It, it is the most important thing to have. Um, let's say, how do you take care of yourself? Uh, what's your, like, how is health impacting the way you show up? You know what, AJ, honestly, something that has kind of came through for me more recently is that I'm an entrepreneur and as an entrepreneur, I'm, I live remotely, maybe six to nine months out of the year. I'm on the road at events, leading my own training, speaking on stages, universities, corporate America, um, coaching one-on-one, -on -one, VIP weekends, academy experiences. And I'm in maybe eight time zones in, in, in 30 days. And so finding that rhythm is a dance. It's absolutely and honestly a dance. And what I have, what I realize is that because I'm an entrepreneur and I am the business, that my body is my business. That's the first business that I need to take care of. And I've become much more diligent with it, although I don't feel that I have the best practices or that I can improve upon those my current. I do feel that I am working towards and I'm aware of what's working, what's not working and being able to check and say, up, I need to stop. I'm in turbo mode and I need to drop in and meditate for 10 or 15 minutes. Or I need to go to the dojo and shut down and I am not available. I am my prior commitment right now. Anything that's, that was important is no longer important in taking care of myself. Um, my diet, I, I've got a pretty good diet, although I've, I've got a sweet tooth here. So donuts uh, are always uh, front, front of mine, I, I must say. <laughs> and french fries, those are my two, those are my two weaknesses. Um, other than that, I eat pretty clean. I've been able to maintain my weight and I'm a tall guy. I'm, you know, I'm six foot six. I think you're, you're right there with me. You got probably got 20 pounds on me, 15, 15 pounds or so, but we're just about the same height uh, and weight. And to be able to maintain that and, and remember that my body needs nutrients, that I can't eat like a bird and then fly like an eagle. You know, I can't eat like a pigeon and then want to fly like an eagle. So it's super important to um, make that as equal, um, as equally my responsibility as it is to support and heal men worldwide. Gotcha. No, that's great, man. That's great. I'll have to listen to this conversation. There have been a lot of nuggets that Javon dropped. And um, yeah, 
you have to listen to this as well, uh, whoever's listening, because this is an incredibly valuable conversation that you can draw a lot of things out of. And maybe something has shifted. Uh, maybe you are inspired to embark upon upon the journey. So um, you can find Javon on Instagram. And where else should, should I direct people? Yeah, you can follow my journey in photos and get the day to day beat to beat on IG at JavonLinkford.com. And I got a digital footprint at JavonLinkford.com. Um, and would love to, to chat and to connect with those who are committed to taking their lives on and are ready for a huge shift. Um, one thing I'll say, AJ, I just want to thank you for having me on, brother. It's just an honor to be able to hold space with you. And knowing you has been an absolute joy. I just love your commitment to the game and your will to invest time, energy, money into developing yourself so that you can show up that much, that much more powerfully for those that you're committed to serving. And I just see you going for it. I see you taking care of yourself and also those in the process. And I just want to acknowledge you for being a leader, being an empowered man and a guy who is willing to see beyond the current circumstances for the benefit of a bigger mission. So I got love for you, brother. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm still looking forward to connecting and collaborating with you in the future. So definitely uh, stay focused and keep focused in this lane and don't give up or be discouraged. You know that there's a bigger game at play and um, that you're supported at all times. I'm, I'm happy to be in anything for you. Oh man, I feel, I feel exactly the same. That's, that's touching man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you being here and having uncomfortable conversations and working on yourself. And yeah, we'll be in touch soon. All right, brother. Awesome. Thanks for listening in. You can find the show notes and resources at thrivingwellness.co slash podcast. We encourage you to share your biggest takeaways with us on social media and share the show with your friends and family. If you found this episode valuable, leave us a five-star review. Your feedback helps to support us on our mission to positively impact as many people as we can with this information. Join us for our next episodes where we will be interviewing leading wellness professionals to inspire you in your health journey. Until next time.